Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, hey, welcome to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King, and I'm your host today to take your questions, answer uh, those questions, and also to, to field your prayer requests. We'd love to be able to hear from you today. Um, my name's Cody, and I want to welcome all of our listeners on Grace FM up and down the front range. It is truly a privilege to be able to be with you today, to serve you in the scriptures, to be able to uh, talk about the things of the Lord. I also want to welcome our listeners uh, that are on the East Coast on Hope FM and Truth FM. Truth FM, uh, and also Freedom Radio, which is uh, sort of a newer thing uh, for us here where we have picked up uh, another 20 states, uh, essentially, ranging from Alabama and Arkansas to Wisconsin, Wyoming, Tennessee, South Carolina, Pennsylvania, everywhere. So it's all over the place, uh, all over the uh, uh, the continental United States on the radio. Uh, but you can also listen in. I want to welcome our listeners online and through the Grace FM app. Hey, welcome. It's great that you are joining us today, and we would love to hear from you too. Uh, I'm seeing our uh, that we we have people um, uh, listening in uh, in Ukraine and also England. Uh, welcome guys. We're so glad that you are here. So, uh, we would love to be able to hear from you again. My name is Cody King. I'm the lead pastor at Redemption Calvary. Uh, we're here in the Metro Denver area, uh, kind of, uh, you know, the northeastern side of the Metro Denver, uh, area in Commerce City. Uh, we are currently holding our services at Henderson Community Church, which is on 120th Avenue, about a quarter mile east of Highway 85. Uh, we've got one Sunday morning service at 11 a.m., and I would love to have you join us. We are currently studying through the book of 1 Samuel. And if you haven't gone through 1 Samuel, just let me tell you, it is, it's incredible. It's, it's just been life-changing for me personally, uh, and I know for so many in our church, to travel through this book together, to be able to uh, connect and encourage uh, one another in the, in the Lord through this time. It's been so, so good. For directions to the church, if you want to listen to sermons, get more information, you can check out our website. It's redemptioncalvary.org. That's redemptioncalvary.org. You can also search Redemption Calvary on Google Maps, and it'll come up, and you can find us there as well if you're trying to figure out how to get directions. Also, you can listen to our radio program that uh, airs on Grace FM weeknights at 8 p.m. It's called Redemption Radio. Uh, and because it airs at 8 p.m., that's going to be four Four nights a week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. If you remember, Grace FM listeners, uh, there's a Wednesday night service, uh, and so we're not airing on Wednesday nights. We're currently studying in, on Redemption Radio through the book of 1 Corinthians, which is uh, such a powerful book as well. You can also connect with us on our YouTube channel, as well as our podcast. Uh, just search Redemption Calvary, look for a red R square logo, and you'll know that it's us. Hey, it's a beautiful day to talk about Jesus and the Bible. You can give me a call at 303-690-3000, or you can also send in text messages at 720-336-0890. 
seven. We'd love to be able to connect with you uh, that way as well. So feel free to give us a call and uh, send in those text messages as well. We'd love to be able to connect with you uh, on that. We, uh, like I said, we've been studying through the book of First Samuel um, here at Redemption Calvary, and uh, we've just started into chapter 25. So we're, we're taking chapter 25 in two pieces. And um, chapter 25 is uh, sort of a, a unique type of section in First Samuel. And the reason that it's unique is because it's uh, one of those, those areas and places that it, when you first read it, it almost seems like an, an aside or almost out of place. Like, why in the world are we even looking at this? Um, and, uh, you know, the truth of the matter is that God doesn't waste his breath. He always has something for us to to look at and to pull from his word. And so that's, you know, that's an incredible thing about studying through the scriptures. And it's also one of the things that I think is really powerful for those of, uh, those of us who are preachers and teachers of the Bible. I want to encourage you, if you teach or preach the Bible in some way, maybe you're a pastor, maybe uh, you are uh, in some sort of teaching position uh, within the church, or you just feel this burden to be able to preach and teach the Bible, whatever that might be, um, I want to encourage you to um, preach and teach the Bible in what's called an expository fashion. Um, expository fashion means that you expose the scriptures. That you, you're um, not looking to get the Bible to prove your point, but instead you're looking to the Bible to reveal what God has written within his scriptures. Man, it's so powerful. It's, it's one of those things that as we're traveling through books of the Bible, there are so many things that I would naturally you know, avoid. Maybe I don't like that topic. Maybe I feel like it's a little bit too... Um, rough or brash or things like that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's always a good thing to be able to preach about the goodness of God or about God's graciousness and his kindness and the love of God. But sometimes when you have to go through things that are difficult and challenging or, or things that seem obscure, um, that's where you can dig up some real amazing truth. And, and really, you're only going to do that if you're going to go through the Bible in an expository kind of a way. I, I would never, you know, if I'm going to guests speak somewhere or, you know, someone said, Hey, could you bring a message? I wouldn't necessarily go to first Samuel 25 and say, this is where we're going to find a message. And yet God still has a message for us there to that end. I want to encourage you with one thing, something I've been able to be a part of that I think is incredible. Um, and I'm really excited about it's called the expositors collective. The Expositors Collective is uh, a network, a growing network of pastors, leaders, and lay people that exist to equip and encourage and mentor the next generation of Christ-centered preachers. So what we do is we provide resource through the Expositors Collective, through weekly podcasts, but also two-day intentional training seminars that are interactive. And, and uh, man, I'm, I'm so excited about this. We're going to be doing our first in-person Expositors Collective coming up this weekend. Friday and Saturday. It's going to be in Colorado Springs. Um, and uh, we're excited about that one for sure. Uh, this is for men and women ages 18 to 34. So if you're a young adult, if you feel like God is pulling you into some sort of preaching or teaching ministry, and you want to be trained and equipped with all the stuff that those of us who are a little more seasoned wish we had when we were your age, uh, then this is for you. Uh, so we're going to be meeting at Rocky Mountain Calvary in Colorado Springs this Friday and Saturday. Uh, it's going to be an amazing time, so make sure that you register for that. Go to expositorscollective.com uh, for information and to be able to 
register as well for that. Um, so we're going to go to f- the phone lines now. Uh, you can give me a call here at, uh, you know, in studio and be able to talk. I'd love to be able to talk to you. The number again is 303-690-3000 uh, or the text message line is 720-336-0897. All right, let's go to line one and Carrie in uh, Oregon uh, with her question. Carrie, you're on Calvary Live. Yes, um, in 2008 or nine, the Lord delivered me from drugs, alcohol, and sexual immorality. And but I'm, I've been still smoking cigarettes, and I kept telling them I, every day, "Okay, I'm not going to smoke anymore. I'm not going to do it." And then I do it, and that's that's every single day since about then. And is that? Oh, what I'm trying to ask is. Is it too late for me to be saved? Do you think? Mm. Yeah, I think that's a really that's a really great question, Carrie. I appreciate. You. I can hear your heart as you express your question. Um, so, when you describe the time back in two thousand nine when the Lord delivered you, mm-hmm. um, how did that happen? How did that come about? I w- I was at um, City Church in downtown um, Seattle. My husband and I went there, and the pa- I, I went up to the altar call, and the power of God came over me, and I started bawling and crying, and I bawled and bawled and bawled, and then it was gone. Hmm. Yeah. Did you, um, when you said you responded to an altar call, you you heard mm-hmm. the gospel message? You heard about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection for you, and you wanted to dedicate your life to Him and abandon yeah. your sinfulness? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so I think that thinking about that, really laying hold of that moment as a, uh, a really critical moment in your life mm-hmm. is, is really the key to all of this. Um, the truth of the matter is that uh, sin is one of those things that's difficult in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, the only way to find freedom from sin is through Jesus and his blood. That's it. Uh-huh. There's no other way to find uh-huh. freedom. Um, we may be able to create different routines or habits or rituals or whatever that sort of help us. Um, but gaining freedom is only going to happen through the blood of Jesus. And that's what you experienced in 2009. When you understood that Jesus went to the cross, not because the Romans were mean or the Jews betrayed him, but Jesus went to the cross simply because he loves you and he was bearing your sin and he was taking your shame. That, that was a moment when your faith was placed in Jesus, that he took you from darkness and put you in light that he translated you from death into life. He took you from being an enemy and made you a child, made you his beloved child. That's an amazing thing that takes place. It's a miraculous thing that takes place. And what you described is in that moment, God took certain sins away from you immediately. You know, it wasn't the way, the way you describe it. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. It's not like you struggled with, you know, drugs, alcohol, sexual immorality, like turned off like a light switch. Right. Is that, is that what you say? Um, well, yeah, I was I was in a bad, bad place. I mean, for years I couldn't get off the crystal. I mean, the, not crystal meth, but crack cocaine, and drinking, and then adultery. And when God, God just took it all at, instantly. Yeah, and, and, I mean, and that's it, miraculous it, and amazing. It's so good. It was. It was amazing. So good. And what you're describing is um, the power of Jesus to do such things. But here's where we can become 
I guess, disillusioned or disoriented in it somewhat. Mm -hmm. It's when we have other things in our lives that sort of hang on. And there are things that can sort of dig their roots deep into us. Now, uh -huh. when you talk about smoking cigarettes, um, I, I guess the first thing that I would want to say is that there's no verse in the Bible that says smoking cigarettes is a sin. All right. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. So I can't point to a verse and say this verse says that cigarettes are sinful. Um, the only way that I can get there is a couple of ways. And, and I think this is something that's happening within you. And I'm going to try to describe it and you can confirm it for okay. me if you, if you would. Okay. The Bible says in Romans chapter 14 that uh, whether whatever we do, we have to be able to do it in faith or it's sinful. And that's to say that if I do things that provoke my conscience and I do them anyway, then those things are sinful, even if they're not inherently sinful in and of themselves, right? Like, I can't, I can't find a verse that says drinking lots of soda uh, or pop is something that is sinful either. But I can understand that that is terrible for my health, right? That's not a good choice. Um, and so the Holy Spirit can provoke me within myself to say, this is something that you should get rid of. Is that something that you would describe that you're experiencing? Yes, exactly, yes. Yeah. So I think that that's, that's one of those things where God is working on you. And, and how gracious is God to be willing to work with us on certain things? I mean, think about it like this. Go back to 2009. Think of all of the sin that you now know that was in your life then that you weren't even aware was sin at that time. You know, there were some big things that you're like, all right, this is definitely sinful. But as you walk with the Lord, there are other things that he reveals to you and says that was sinful and that's sinful. And what about this attitude? And what about this arrogance and pride? And what about these this language or whatever? You know, there's lots of different things that are in our lives that can be pointed to as sinful things. And if God was to pile all of that on you at once, you'd be crushed by it. But he's so kind and he's so gracious and he's so good that he's willing to walk through it with us little by little. And so he's got his finger on this thing in your life. And he says, here, this is something that I think you should get rid of. This is something that's not helping you. It's not beneficial for you. As Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, laying aside every weight and sin that ensnares us, that there are some things that are just weights. They're not necessarily sinful in and of themselves, but they become sinful when they are a violation of our conscience as the Holy Spirit is uh, trying to move with us. And so what I would say is that this, this, doesn't, this doesn't prove that you're not saved. It actually proves the opposite. It proves that you are saved because the Holy Spirit is, is actually leading you in this way and, uh, and trying to, to point to this thing as something uh -huh. to now deal with. I wanted to ask, too. See, I felt like it says, you know, to um, follow through with all your vows to God. And there's been so many times that I vowed to God I wasn't going to smoke anymore, and then I go back to it. And then I felt like maybe I'm trampling on the blood of Jesus. Sure, I understand that. Yeah, I, th I think that I would just, I would rephrase my, um, the way I say it here, I'll use, um, James as an example of this to try to, to try to describe what I think is a better way to approach it in the book of James. It, it, it talks about this from the perspective of like a business deal or a business concept in chapter four. Um, it says this in verse 13, come now you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city and we'll spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. 
Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. So here's what this section is talking about here in chapter uh, 4 of the book of James. He says there in verse 15, Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall do this or that. What I would say is, if you change your angle of approach from saying, I'm going to do this for you, God, to instead saying, God, I need you to help me make this happen. There's a completely different um, attitude and heart and spirit that comes to the Lord that way. When you come to God in humility and you say, God, I don't have the capacity to do this. This thing is controlling me and I don't want to be under its control anymore. Would you help me? That's where you uh, come to God in faith and ask for his help in a supernatural and powerful way. Yeah, that okay, that's the way I needed to do that. I, I want to thank you so much for saying that. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's my pleasure, Carrie. Do you mind if I pray with you? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you for Carrie. I thank you for her heart to be sensitive to you, to want to honor you. Um, her desire to bless you with her life and everything she does. And God, as she's struggling with uh, the conviction from your spirit that she needs to get rid of cigarettes, um, and yet they have such a hold upon her through this uh, big addiction that, that the chemical uh, process produces within us. Lord, I pray that you would bring her deliverance. I pray that you would um, open the door for her to be able to step out of this and uh, for these cigarettes to not have a hold on her any longer. God, give her the, the courage and the faith to ask you for help. Um, Lord, give her the wisdom to know when she needs to uh, call out to you in those moments of uh, of temptation or something dragging her away. Um, and Lord, I pray that you would also give her the wisdom to know how to maybe structure things in a different way. Perhaps it's something that would, uh, would come about through uh, practical wisdom as well. Uh, but Lord, we know that you're good, and we know that you're God, and we know that you're able. And so we uh, entrust Carrie into your capable hands, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank, thank you, and God bless you guys. God bless you, Carrie. Thank you. All right. uh, bye. All right, talk to you soon. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King. I'm here taking your calls uh, and uh, taking your prayer requests as well. we got a couple of lines open, so if you'd like to call in, uh, the number is 303-690-3000, and uh, the text line is 720-336-0896. Let's go to line two and Bradley in South Jersey with a praise report. Bradley, you're on Calvary Live. How you doing? Can you hear me? Yeah, absolutely. But first of all, say it's a pleasure and honor to be able to even speak on with your television or your uh, radio show. I listen to it every day while I'm doing deliveries, and it helps awesome. me get through beside Kayla. Um, That's I great. Call in, I want to call in. Uh, I felt moved um, to tell you about the testimony I have that what happened to me today. Yeah, absolutely. Let's Let's hear it. Um, this testimony not only goes out for me, but also anybody who is afraid of going back to work or they had a bad experience or they just need to get their feet wet because I know a lot of people are struggling out there just to even want to go back because of all like the COVID and all. I want sure. to tell you, I want to tell everybody that God is faithful even in the midst of those fears and of our insecurities. Um, this time last year, on September 8th, um, my sister had taken us in, my mom and I, because we were homeless, and I needed a job, you know, like everybody does, bringing that appointment. Um, I got a call 
on September 8th, which was my birthday last year, for uh, employment. And right. I just thought it was so awesome that uh, it was only the hand of God that could have done that. Hmm. This year, uh, September 8th, uh, <laughs> passed already my birthday. Well, take the 13th, five, represents grace, right? Well, I got a job today. I called the job. They bring me in more hours than I've ever had, more pay than I've ever had. And it was all because, by God's grace, he moved me by, by grace, uh, which is the biggest thing. Um, I got landed the job day, and I start Thursday. And all the right, chances of are is just, I want to show, tell everybody that his hand's not too short, and he, he's right there with us. And Jesus, that's how he shows himself. He reveals mm. through the timing of events I see in my life that no yeah. other way that no man nor myself could do. Amen. Absolutely. It's it's just incredible. You know, when I think about God and the fact that he cares about things in our lives, you know, of there's so many people on the planet and we're, you know, the even earth is just a speck in uh this this, you know, galaxy uh in the universe. Um and the fact that God he sees me and he he knows my needs, he he cares about the things that are happening in my life. What what an incredible thing. And so uh, thanks for calling in and being able to just give honor and glory to the Lord for, for this. And what a, what a great time. What a great thing to be able to celebrate uh, God's goodness and his provision, provision. So thanks for calling in, Bradley. All right. Thank you as well, sir. Have a God blessed day. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good luck on your job. All right. Hey, it's a, a great day to be able to talk about the things of the Lord and uh, to be able to uh, pray with you and, and answer your questions. Uh, we, uh, you can give me a call, 303-690-3000, or send a text message at 720-336-0897. Hey, I don't have any text messages, and I like to try to throw those in every once in a while. So if you got some thoughts on your mind, uh, shoot, shoot me a text. I'd love to be able to do that, uh, to bring that in. Also, just know the text line, nobody's answering that. So if you call it, it's not going to go anywhere. Um, and you can uh, text in those questions there. And also prayer requests. We'd love to pray with you for those things as well. Let's go to line one now and Caleb in Pennsylvania. Caleb, you're on Calvary Live. Hey, how you doing? Hey, doing well. We are uh, coming up to a break pretty quick, so I just wanted to, okay. to let you know that. That way, if we get stopped, then you know it's, it's happening. But uh, what's your question? So the question was, Jesus gives um, anyone who divorces their wives except for marital unfaithfulness um, causes her to become an adulterer, and anyone who marries the divorced woman commits adultery, right? Um, there's a few things that Jesus says before that, let no man separate, which I'm assuming means do not let it happen. And then um, there's something that Paul says about how a husband must not divorce his wife and that a wife uh, must not separate from her husband. And if she does, she must remain alone or be reconciled, right? So there's a lot there that can be said. And then there's the three other times where he doesn't give the exception clause. The one time after he gives talks is done talking to the Pharisees, he goes with the disciples back into the house and they're like they're like you know what was that about and he, he speaks plainly to them again and he says it again but he doesn't give the exception clause so i have a friend that sees remarriage as adultery period and i've been praying about it and i've been trying to do the research and i haven't been able to get that far with it but from my perspective at least what i'm feeling um from what i've seen is the idea that just god doesn't want it to happen and that it's actually you know a sin for it to happen but that exception clause um, still, still, still looms in the background of that kind of thought 
pattern because I've seen I've seen it used as reasons to get divorced, and there's just a lot of Christian character you get throughout the whole New Testament. That's like, if you were if you were really really going after God, I don't think that that would cause you to get a divorce. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, I don't think you would. And so I wanted to know the research that you've done. Maybe you could point me to something. Maybe you could say something about the verses that you know because I'm still I still got to do heavy research into this. Yeah, for sure. And you said that you have a, a friend that's struggling with this. Is that is that what you said? Yeah, saying? no. He yeah he already um, he's already made the conclusion that marriage is is adultery. And okay, um, gotcha. Right. Sure. Yeah. So it's I guess so. I got a bunch of thoughts all at once, and so I'm trying to figure out which way I want to go with all of this. So the thing that I think is important from the beginning is that um, this is a very nuanced question. So it's very difficult to answer um, in sort of a, a, a radio program kind of a way. What, what I would do, like when people ask me this question after church or before church or something on a Sunday, um, typically what I'll do is I'll set a meeting up with them to talk through it with them. Because really a lot of it has to do with, I think what you're getting at, and it's right, is the heart of the matter is, the, is that it's a matter of the heart. Um, really, that it has more to do with what's happening there than anything else. And like you rightly pointed out, there's this exception clause that you know, if you want to call it that, you know, that Jesus says, you know, uh, that except for uh, sexual immorality. Um, and then there's there's people that have lots of varying views on well, what does that mean, and and what does that look like, and you know uh, how how wide is that trough? And um, in Jesus's time, there were a couple of different rabbis who had different views. One of them was a very extreme view that said, um, sort of sort of like what you're describing, that there is it has to be this caught in sexual immorality kind of a thing, and that's that's it. Then the, then the relationship's over. And then there was another view that a rabbi held that was essentially to say that the concept of this immorality was more that if if your wife didn't find favor in your eyes for any reason. And so they got so liberal with it that they were able to say, um, you didn't make my dinner the way I liked it, and so I'm divorcing you kind of a thing. Or I actually find this other person more attractive than you, and so I'm going to divorce you to be married to them. Um, so I think as, even as I describe that, you know, it seems ridiculous. Um, but I would, I would go so far as to say, and kind of pointing back to something that you said, I think that most of our cultural divorce is that it's the second one. It's, it's like a bunch of stuff that really is not a reason to get divorced. Um, and so as people travel into this, I would I would actually say that a lot of people that are divorcing and remarrying are doing so in an unbiblical way with unbiblical grounds and therefore entering into sinful relationships. Um, now, is that everybody? I wouldn't say that. Is it is it only this scenario? I don't know that I'd necessarily say that either. Um, but I would say that a lot of people, they're not seeking wise, godly counsel in the middle of all of this. They're just going with their right. feelings. And essentially what most people say is, God wants me to be happy. I'm not happy. Therefore, I'm going to divorce this person. And that, that couldn't be further from the truth. That is, a, that is an emotional, nonsensical lie that the enemy is spreading. And sadly, many Christians are believing it. Well, it's in, it's in, it's in the verses. That's why they even brought the question to Jesus. They said, does yeah. this mean that we can divorce for any and every reason? That's why for they sure. brought the question to him. 
Absolutely. So, and I think that the reason that Jesus answers it the way that he does, and then like in 1 Corinthians, Paul answers the question the way that he does, is because most people are not divorcing with the intent of staying single. They're divorcing with the intent of remarriage. And so, um, you know, well, is there a valid way to do that? Yes, there is. But most people aren't willing to go that route. Okay. Is there any anything that you would, because I could, I could talk to pastors, and yeah, I could set meetings on different churches and stuff. But are there any like books that you could suggest that I could look into? Because it is important. It, because it, you know, sexual immorality, you have you have church discipline has to fall around that as well. Sure, and that's kind of where I would say it's it's this thing that I would bring up to to the church. You know, where the pastors should get involved and really walk through it in a pastoral care kind of way. I don't necessarily have any books that come to mind, uh, but if I do, then I'll I'll try to mention some. But thanks for calling in. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back from uh, the break there. Uh, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King. I am your host today. Um, I'm the lead pastor at Redemption Calvary here in the Metro Denver area. Uh, we're on the northeast side of the city um, kind of in the Commerce City, Brighton area, if you're familiar with that. We, we hold our Sunday morning service at Henderson Community Church, which is on 120th Avenue, about a quarter mile east of Highway 85. So if you're going uh, up on Highway 85 uh, and you, uh, I, I think highway, I think that's technically going east. I don't know. I call it north because it's going that direction in my head. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's at a slant, all right? Well, it's a diagonal, all right? So if you go in that way, north-ish, uh, and you get to 120th, turn right, and uh, we'll be about a quarter mile down on the left-hand side. We got one Sunday morning service we have at 11 a.m., and uh, I'd love to have you join us. If you're looking for a church, if you're not sure where to go to church, if you're maybe you're nervous about church, maybe you've maybe you've been thinking about the idea, or you're just listening in, and you're like, Man, I don't know about these Christians, and they're kind of crazy. They they have some weird thoughts, but I I feel sort of intrigued by it. And you just want to pop in and and uh, experience church? Then you are welcome to come and visit us at Redemption Calvary. We are currently studying through the book of First Samuel, uh, and uh, if you want to join us, you can get directions. You can listen to some sermons. You can check out more information about our church on our website. It's redemptioncalvary.org. And if you're going to try to find us, the easiest way to do so is Google Maps. Just type in Redemption Calvary, and we'll pop up, and uh, you'll see us there off of 120th and, and Highway 85, and that'll be the way that you, you know you're in the right place. Um, so it's a beautiful day to talk about Jesus and the Bible. I'd love to hear from you today. The number is 303-690-3000. And you can also send in text messages at 720-336-0897. I want to welcome all of our listeners up and down the Front Range here in Colorado on Grace FM uh, and also into Wyoming. It's such a privilege to be able to be with you today. And I also want to welcome our listeners on Hope FM and Truth FM uh, on the East Coast, sort of the, the Northeast area there. But also Freedom Radio FM has joined us uh, recently for Calvary Live. And uh, 
there are about 20 stations uh, all over the place, all over the United States that are broadcasting in Missouri and Montana, Kentucky, Louisiana, Michigan, South Carolina, Tennessee. We'd love to hear from you as well. Give us a call. It's, the number is 303-690-3000. Uh, also, uh, the text line is 720-336-0897. All right. Uh, like I said, we've been going through the book of First Samuel. And uh, one of the things that's interesting about First Samuel is that chapter 25 comes up and it's sort of this chapter that's it feels sort of out of place. It's it's following you know the the storyline through and and in uh, the last half of the book, it really tracks David and Saul and their relationship, um, and Saul hunting David down all the time and David escaping and and all of these things. Well, in chapter twenty five, uh, there's a new storyline that's added, and there's this guy named Nabal. Um, and his wife Abigail that sort of just come on the scene and and the the story goes through and basically Nabal, Nabal has these uh, sheep and they're getting sheared and they're in a vulnerable situation and David and his men provide security and uh, Nabal decides he doesn't want to pay David for the service that was rendered and David loses it and he says basically I'm going to kill this guy um, and it's such a a, a wild um, kind of a story um, and it, it sort of doesn't fit uh, when you're looking at the story of First uh, Samuel in general. Um, but when you look at it as a contrast to chapter 24, the previous chapter, then you start to see it in uh, the way that it was intended to be. You see, in chapter 24, you're um, able to you're able to see how you want to. Um, uh, are you able to see how David is able to avoid killing Saul? Um, and he's, as he's trying to, to kill, he's trying to, you know, he's got this setup where Saul goes into a cave. He, um, you know, is going to go in there because he's got to relieve himself. It says he needs a potty break. Okay. That's what's going on with Saul. Um, and, uh, so he goes in and David happens to be in the cave. And his men are telling him, look, God has delivered him into your hand. Just go kill him. That'll take care of all of our problems. You'll get to be king. It'll be awesome. And David sneaks up. And instead of killing Saul, he just cuts a part of his robe off. And then David feels convicted about even cutting part of Saul's robe off. Even though Saul is hunting him down and trying to kill him all the time, David feels convicted about even this. And so um, he goes out of the cave after Saul leaves and they talk about it and he, he reveals himself and he says, look, I could have killed you, but I didn't. And, and I even cut a part of your, your robe off. Here's the evidence that I was close enough to, to kill you. And I didn't do it. So just know my heart isn't against you. I'm not trying to murder you. Um, even though that would have been the easy way out, that's not the way that David chose to go. And, and it's such an amazing thing. It's, it's this epic high mountaintop experience in David's life where he makes one amazing decision after another, after another. And it's just incredible the way he manages this and navigates this really difficult time. So what do we do with this? You know, well, chapter 25 comes about. And in chapter 25, David has a completely different response to this guy, Nabal. And we'll, we'll get more into that here in just a minute um, if we have some more time and, and explain some more of the, the nuance of that. Uh, but we have a caller on line one. And uh, so we'll go to line one and Tyrone from Maryland. You're on Calvary Live. Uh, hi, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. 
Just a quick question. It's nothing political. It might sound like it, but it's really not. Just your thought on the mandate. And as a believer, um, I want to claim, not claim, but say for religious purposes, I don't want to take the vaccine. It was just a thought on it. It's not political, not to cause a ruckus or anything like that. (laughs) Yeah, I totally hear you. Yeah, the thing is, like, when you start to travel down this road, it can get pretty volatile pretty quick. Um, and so I, I hear your heart on that. And um, so I'll, I'll try to I'll talk to it from what I see. And maybe that'll shed some light on it for you a little bit. OK, so like you said, um, I really don't want to make it a political issue. Um, but I think it's important for us to think about the fact that Christians need to be politically engaged. It's wrong for us to disengage politically. It's also wrong for us to put our hope in politics. Like Our hope doesn't go in politics. Our hope doesn't go in some sort of person that we could, if this person gets voted in, then all of our wildest dreams come true and all of the problems of the world go away. That's just, that's just not true. There's a desire for that within our hearts and, and within our lives. And that's a good desire because that's actually a desire for Jesus. But we don't exalt politics. We do engage in politics, but we don't exalt politics. Uh, we can't abandon it either and just say, well, those are all the dirty people. Those are all the bad things. We don't want to go over there um, and, uh, and get involved in that. No, that's wrong as well. We need Christian influence in everything, in every uh, cross-culture and section of our culture. And so it's appropriate to be engaged politically. Okay, that being said, when we come to this issue of vaccine or don't vaccine, um, wh- what do we do about it? Well, it's, it's a hot, hotly debated, very um, you know, volatile type of a subject, and it can easily get out of hand. And so the first thing that I'll say right from the beginning is this. I'm neither for a vaccine nor against a vaccine. I, I don't take a personal stance that way. Now, I have a personal opinion, but I'm, I'm just not going to tell you what that is. <laughs> oh, that's, that's fine. That's so, great. Because really, what makes my opinion better than the next guy's, right? That's just what they are. They're opinions. Everybody has their own opinions, and and you're entitled to yours, just like anybody else is entitled to theirs. So I'm not for or against vaccines, okay? We have, in our church, we have people that have gotten vaccinated, and they're they're happy with it. And we have other people that are saying, over my dead body, right? We got people on all ends of the spectrum. And so um, as we're talking through this as a church, um, I think it's an important conversation to have because how, how do we navigate this? Well, here's what I would say. There are only two reasons why you would be able to, um, like with an employer or something like that, refuse some sort of mandate like this. One of them is a medical reason. If you have a medical reason you know, to say that I can't do this, then that's one reason. And the other one is like you described, there's a, uh, a religious exemption kind of a thing, a reason for not to. Um, Now that religious exemption also goes into the idea of a moral reason, um, because not everybody is necessarily religious, um, but they may have a moral objection to something. And so once a a company is going to institute some sort of policy, then they have to have reasons for exemption that are valid for people. So, So here's what it really comes down to. You have got to be able to show that you actually have a moral issue with this, with this thing that they're asking you to do. Now, that's going to be a, um, uh, a difficult thing to describe to somebody who's, not, who's a non-believer. Um, I, I, I would say that the, the strongest case that you have to make this case would be to say that I have a conviction within me that is 
given by the Holy Spirit to not do this. Now, that has to be true. If that's not true, then you have no ground to stand on, right? You actually have to have this internal conviction from the Holy Spirit. So you've got to be able to describe, I believe that God himself indwells me as one of his people. I believe that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and I don't belong to myself. And I, be I believe that I'm a steward of this body that he's given to me. And so um, to, for me to do this, would be to violate my conscience because I believe God is directing me otherwise. And as, as soon as they do that, Romans chapter 14, I think it's verse 23. It's the very last verse in Romans chapter 14. It says that anything that you do apart from faith is sin. So that's where it becomes an issue of if you are violating your own conscience to do something, now, now what your company or your boss or whatever is, is asking you to do is no longer a preference issue. Now it's a sin issue. That That's the, as far as I can tell, that's the strongest case that you could make in terms of trying to describe how do I, how do I go through this and make this decision? Now, again, just so that everyone's clear, because it's not just me and you talking, there's a bunch of other people listening in. I'm not for a vaccine. I'm not against a vaccine, but this is a way, if you feel like God is prompting you to not get it, there's a valid reason that you, you may not be able to, to get it because he's prompting you not to, and you should obey God rather than man. Yeah, and, and the only reason why I brought it up is because I was okay when he did not use the word mandate. But sure. the moment you use the word mandate, that's, I know it's his job to protect the nation. That's true. I know that. It's his job to protect people. That's true. I know that. Yeah. But the freedom to choose has always been there, and it shouldn't be taken away, even though that we're talking about a very, uh, 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 you know, touchy situation here with COVID. The word mandate is what got me. <laughs> yeah, That's what really got me. If he did not use mandate, I could have thought this over a little bit more. But what else would you possibly mandate in the future? For sure. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people are at. I think that you're describing exactly where most people are, you know, a lot of people that haven't gotten the vaccine, that's kind of where they're at. They're saying, listen, I'm okay with you saying this is a good idea. I'm okay with you encouraging people to do it, whatever. You know, that's, that's still in the realm of, of decisions and choices. But as soon as you step into the realm of mandate, that's where I now draw a line and now I have an issue with it. Yeah, I think that, that, any, it, any thinking person should have an issue with that, whether you're for or against vaccines, it doesn't matter. Right, because you're just simply not going to... Uh, throw yourself out there without thinking about it. If you really are concerned about yourself and your community and every and, and your freedoms, you're just simply not going to throw yourself out there and say, okay, I'll just take it. Because then you never know what else will be mandated. It could be a mandate where you can no longer uh, speak the word on the, on the streets. It could be a mandate where you can no longer hand out tracts or anything like that. Sure. So yeah, I just it don't, turns you know, into a slippery slope for sure. Right. He, I yeah. think he should take the approach of, let me think this through on the word mandate. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the other thing. Just from a simple leadership perspective, you know, we can take this to heart ourselves as we're trying to think about the influence we may have with people. Um, if you have to force people to do something, then you're just, then they're not being convinced. There are better ways to do it, you know. But here's, you know, here's yeah. the thing. There's no real way to say there's 100% 
ironclad, you know, way to say the science is, is perfect on all on anything really. Um, and there's no way to say this is exactly the way to handle it. There's, there's just gotta be some room for uncertainty. Uh, there's gotta be some room for people to be able to make decisions, uh, on their own and for themselves. And I think it's, that's helpful. And so, uh, I think it's a good thing to think through. So thanks for calling in today. Uh, thank you for taking my uh, question. Thank you so much. All right, Tyrone. God bless. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. Uh, I'm going to go to the text lines and uh, see what we got going on there. Um, yeah, someone's someone's texting in about uh, the 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 weird roads and the way that they name them, either north or south, or even in, even east and west and that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, I have I have no idea how to describe uh, which direction it is. It's it's sort of northeast or Southwest, depending on which way you're going. <laughs> so, um, someone asks if, uh, I could explain revelation chapter two, verse 10. All right, let's flip over there real quick and we'll read it. And, uh, I'll take a, I'll take a stab at helping bring set, shed some light on it. Revelation two 10, uh, says this, do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation 10 days, be faithful until death. Uh, and I will give you the crown of life. All right. So good question, um, uh, about this. So revelation chapter two and chapter three is a sort of a unique section in scripture. It's definitely a unique section in the book of revelation. And what revelation chapter two is, um, talking about here is that, um, two and three is there are these churches. There are seven different churches that are um, targeted or um, you know being ex- being spoken to by Jesus um, through this this the angel of the church. So there's this letter written to the angel of the church. The angel of the church. The word angel means messenger, and so it probably doesn't necessarily mean angel the way you would think of the word angel, but maybe the pastor of the church uh, is kind of the idea. Um, and so that's, that's one concept there that I think is, is a valid one to consider. And so you have these different churches. Well, this, this church here that we're writing to is this, uh, it's the second church that's listed and it's the church of Smyrna. And so, uh, there in verses eight through 11, uh, is where we have this church of Smyrna. Now I'm talking through all of this because the context matters. The context matters a lot. If you just take one verse, if you take Revelation 2.10 and you, and you say, this is a verse, and maybe somebody comes up to you and they say, I've got a verse from God for you, it's Revelation 2.10, and you're like, oh no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suffer in prison and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be executed. Um, well, th- that may or may not be true. Um, and so I, I don't think it's one of those things where we just broad brush this and say, this is something that we just apply generally to any situation in life or whatsoever. This is a very specific thing being said to a very specific people in a very specific time. Now, Jesus says, um, not to be afraid, uh, because the, the issue that's taking place here is this church in, in Smyrna is a persecuted church and that Jesus says that he knows their works. He knows the tribulation and their poverty. But he also says, I'm reading in verse nine, but you are rich. So he says, even though you don't look outwardly wealthy, inwardly, you're full of tremendous wealth. Uh, and there's this, he says also, I, and I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. And then he's, and then this is where he gets into verse 10. Don't fear any of those things, which you're about to suffer. And so this church is a church that's going to be persecuted. 
And Jesus is foretelling them about this persecution that's going to come. And what he says is, hold on. Even if the persecution comes, hold on. Hold on to your faith in me. And remember that it's more important to be um, uh, connected to the things um, uh, of the Lord in an eternal perspective kind of a way than it is to be focused on things that are here and now. And, and Jesus even says this, if you'll be faithful, hold on and be faithful to me, even, even if they kill you, um, then you'll receive the crown of life. And so this is one of, I think it's five crowns that are described in scripture. Um, this is one of the crowns that are received. And uh, the, there's a, a description of a worship service in heaven where the saints throw their crowns at the feet of Jesus. And this is where they get those crowns. This is one of the crowns that are received is the, the people who are uh, martyrs for the sake of the Lord. And, and church history has been filled with martyrs uh, for the sake of the Lord. And, and even today, uh, there are uh, many martyrs that, that are losing their lives literally just because they're Christians. Um, it's one of the great tragedies that's happening in Afghanistan even now that there are many churches and uh, Christians who are uh, being persecuted simply for the sake that they are Christian and uh, they are losing their lives. And so it would, we would do well to um, think through and be obedient to 1 Peter 5 and pray for the persecuted church um, and to be able to uh, pray that God would strengthen them and uh, to bless them and to encourage them. And so I hope that helps a little bit of an explanation on Revelation 2.10 and uh, that you are... Um, you know, you're seeing, seeing, uh, the Lord moving in your life. Hey, we got about 10 minutes left and, uh, um, uh, the engineer is telling me all the lines are open. So if you'd like to give a call, you can, the number is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. We'd love to hear from you about eight minutes left in the show. Uh, we'll stick with some text messages though. If, uh, you guys, uh, are, are going to shoot some texts in, we'll do that. Um, someone just says they found the station after asking, um, God for, for him to talk uh, to them. They had a su super difficult weekend, uh, broke up with his girlfriend, uh, who's an unbeliever, got into a, an accident with uh, the work truck, um, the structure uh, of the job and specifics are um, evolving um, and changing and has you freaked out. I'm crying out to God for change and um, just need some confirmation I'm going to be okay. And maybe someone to say or, some, or someone to just tell me I'm going to be all right and, and to help. Hey, thanks for texting in. I'm glad that you took a minute to text in. And I just want to speak to this moment uh, in your life for, for the, the situation in your life for a minute. Um, I, now, I don't know, you know, in this text where your relationship is with God. Uh, maybe you're asking him for some help and you're asking him for some change and you're just not really sure if he's even there. Um, and I just want to encourage you with this thought that God is absolutely there. He's, he's very near to you. And the fact that you're even thinking about this is a huge thing. And, and so I want to I just encourage you with this one thought. A faith that is rightly placed is only placed in Jesus. That, that you, in this moment, the best thing for you to do is not, not to try to take control, but to release control. And so I would encourage you with that. That take a moment to cry out to God. Ask Him to forgive your sinfulness. Ask him to forgive those things that are just mistakes that you didn't mean to do, but they were wrong. Ask him to forgive those things that you knew were wrong and you did anyway. A ask Jesus to receive you as his own child, and he absolutely will. 
that if you cry out to God and you pray a prayer of faith and, and you ask for him to forgive your sin, he will do such a thing and he'll bring you into his family and he'll make you his own. And once you do that, when you're in that position, you can be absolutely certain that God is with you. Because the, the, the Bible says, God speaking to his people, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. That when you're going through difficulty, when you're going through hard times, he hasn't abandoned you. No, he's walking beside you. Everybody's going to face hardship. Everybody's going to face trial. Everybody's going to have situations in life, just like what you're describing, where things are just falling apart and they're going from bad to worse. And it seems like you just can't take a breath. The next wave is coming and crashing over you, but the Lord is with you. The Lord is going to see you through. The Lord is going to carry you through such things, and, and you're doing the right thing to cry out to him. So trust in the Lord. He's going to lead and direct your life, and if you're a believer, if you've placed your faith in Jesus the way I described, then you can trust that he's going to lead you by his Holy Spirit internally within you. And through his word, God will speak to you through his word. So uh, I would encourage you, if you're not a part of a local church, get in a local church. Have some believers around you who can uh, encourage you and strengthen you and pray with you and uh, help give you godly, wise counsel. All right? Uh, I don't know your name, but I'm going to pray for you. All right? Lord, I thank you for this uh, this person who texted in. I pray that you would be near to him and that you would encourage him and that you would bless and strengthen him and that uh, as he steps out in faith to be able to uh, follow after you, that he would sense your presence and that you would bring the comfort that only you can bring. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's go to line one and Shelly in Colorado Springs. Shelly, you're on Calvary Live. Hi. Uh, I just want to pray for my grandson who has been very sick, high fevers, um, he doesn't have COVID, no flu. He's one year old, and I just want to pray that God's going to heal him. Um, kind of like we were saying earlier, there's been a lot of, um, you know, it's kind of it even looks overcast because of the smoke. And mm, he lives yeah. in New Mexico, Fort Sumner, New Mexico, and it's just been he's just been really sick, and they just don't really know what to do about it. So yeah. I just want to pray for him. Absolutely, I think it's a, a great thing to do. Do you mind if I ask what his name is? Yes, his name is Eliseo. Eliseo. All right, let's pray for him. Father, we want to lift up Eliseo to you today and just thank you, God, that we can cry out to you with, with such things. Um, your word says if there's anyone sick among us that we should uh, gather the elders and pray a prayer of faith and uh, even anoint with oil. And God, we know that the, the whole concept of anointing with oil, there's nothing magic about the oil. It's representative of your Holy Spirit. And your spirit isn't bound by time and place. Um, that, God, we can be disconnected physically, and yet your spirit can minister uh, e even in those times. And so we pray uh, for Shelly and her grandson that his allergies, his asthma, his fever would break, that he would supernaturally just feel better. Jesus, you were able to heal such people uh, miraculously in, in the scriptures, that there, there were times when I, I recall the centurion coming and asking you to heal uh, the, the young man in his home. And he said, you don't even need to come to my house. You can do it from here. And, and Jesus, you did it, uh, and you attributed it to his, his faith and willingness to trust you for it. So God, we trust you for this healing, and we pray that this uh, young boy would grow to be a strong man who honors you, who glorifies you, and who uh, blesses you. So we thank you for allowing us to ask you for such things, and we thank you that you care. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Yeah, Shelly, it's great to, great to talk to you today. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Yeah. God bless. 
All right. So uh, I think we had a caller uh, call in and ask uh, for prayer for a six-month-old to have God's favor and protection and healing. Uh, He's having open-heart surgery um, to fix a defect in his heart. Let's pray. Let's pray for Stevie, a six-month-old. Father, we want to lift up Stevie to you. Um, God, would you guide the doctor's hands? Would you give them uh, the wisdom to know how to make the right moves and the right decisions and right choices? And we pray that they would just be able to put things back together the way that they should be. Um, Lord, you are the great physician. Um, the, the doctors, the, the uh, physicians that we have on earth, um, they, the phrasing they use is they practice medicine. And, and I think that's the best way to describe it, that they're, they're trying to set stuff up in the best way for you to do what only you can do. Only you can bring healing. Only you can make all of this work out. Only you can put all this back together. And so we trust Stevie into your hands and thank you for the way that we can cry out to you, uh, for, uh, for this child. Um, so Lord, be with this, be with this little, little kid, be with this six month old and be glorified. We pray in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, it's uh, great to be able to be with you today. Uh, I'm, I'm really encouraged to be able to share some time with you in the scriptures and, uh, thankful for the opportunity, um, to be able to talk with you, uh, about those things. Hey, if you have not, let me encourage you with this thought, save the contact for Calvary live in your phone. Here's the phone number. I'll give it to you, but get ready to save it. Write it down. If you're driving, don't write it down. Okay. Don't do this, but save the contact that way. If you have a question that comes up, or maybe if you have something that comes through a text, you have this, this in your, uh, in your phone already. Okay. So the phone number is 303-690-3000. And the text line is 720-336-0897. You can text that line 24 seven and get prayer. All right. So just know that that's available to you and we'd love to be able to connect with you. Hey, it's been my pleasure and privilege to be with you today. Uh, For more information about our church, Redemption Calvary, check out redemptioncalvary.org. And until next time, may you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.